0: This is the Gopher Puck Live Podcast, episode number 30, recorded Tuesday, December 11th, 2012. Hello and welcome to the Gopher Puck Live Podcast. I'm your host, Jupiter, and of course joining me again, Vigo and Hammy. How are you guys doing this week? Pretty good. Good. Doing well? Doing well. That's great. Well, our Gophers headed out to Colorado Springs last weekend. Looked like they were going to finish off the Tigers with a nice sweep until a third period collapse, and that sweep turned into a three-point weekend. Obviously, it's it's hard to complain when you get three points on the road into WCHA, and it's Colorado College. But, uh,
1: boy... That tie sure felt like a loss last week, didn't it, Hammy? Yeah, I mean, it definitely did. I, I, I You know, it's one of those things where, like you mentioned, if you, if you told us last week that, well, you're going to come out of the series with three points, you'd be pretty happy about it. But when you see it in hindsight and you're basically, you know, 15 minutes away from a sweep, I mean, heck, you're half a minute away from a sweep <laughs> yep. and you blow it, you know. And uh, so, you know, I kind of – It's kind of mixed feelings on it. So, yeah, I could see, you know, exactly where you're coming from with that. It was definitely frustrating, and, uh, you know, it's amazing how, you know, granted you can't blame one play in hockey, unless it's like an overtime play, um, for losing the game or tying a game in this case. But, you know, that play by Ben Marshall, you know, to give up that shorthand, I mean, that just swung the momentum you know, completely in their direction, and it just went downhill from there. And, uh, you know, you can't blame the one play necessarily because they had plenty of time to, you know, keep the other two goals out of the net and do their own damage. But nonetheless, it, it really hurt. Well, it was definitely a huge turning
0: point. I mean, it, it just <laughs> changed the whole game completely. And, you know, Viggs, um, Marshall, he's not really – he doesn't really make these type of mistakes, but you know, when it happened, I saw him skating into the zone to meet the player. I'm like, what are you doing? You realize there's only one guy back. And it, it, it really seemed like a bonehead play and very unlike Mr. Marshall.
2: Yeah. I really surprised me. He's been one of the steadier guys on the team. And, you know, he he was probably a little frustrated that he missed the, the shot, the one-timer attempt, and he just wasn't thinking when he stepped up. I mean, that's the only explanation I can think of for that. But uh, it's tough when you have a play like that, and especially the the third period, it wasn't like they were getting beat handily. They were just making mistakes. And, mm-hmm. you yeah, know, definitely. a couple, of mistakes, couple of mistakes led to the goals, and that just shows you how thin the margin of error is in this league. Uh, you know, you make a couple of mistakes and there's some talented guys in the other team and they're going to make you pay for it
0: sometimes. Well, that's definitely the case because, uh, giving up three goals in one period and salvaging the tie, uh, was not a good thing. Um, well, let's continue with some negatives here. Uh, Hammy, you haven't been, uh, too positive on Mr. Shea and, uh. Uh, was it? I think it was Saturday night. Shea made a couple little errors in the second period, and then I think he only saw the ice one time in the third. Uh, he was pretty much benched. Uh, you think he needs more time off, or is it just growing pains with him?
1: Well, I mean, it's obviously going to be growing pains when you're a freshman. I mean, I don't like to rag on the guy. I mean, I, I do think he's got talent, and and uh, certainly, I think as time goes along, he'll. Well, I would imagine he would get better. I would hope to God he would get better, but um. You know, it's. I don't know if he's just putting so much pressure on himself now not to make mistakes or to, to do things. Because, for instance, when he took the puck right out in front of our net and, you know, it gets railroaded into Wilcox, you're just like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> you know, I mean, that's the kind of play that you're taught not to do basically when you're in peewees. You never take the puck out in front of your net. I mean, so I was just like, what is this guy doing? You know, and I just think that maybe it's one of those things where, He's just putting, you know, he feels so much pressure because of the mistakes he's already made that he's just kind of compounding things. And to kind of, not to get off that topic, but I feel the same way about Bukestad. I mean, I think that, you know, he's, you know, I, I imagine he came into the year thinking, you know, he's just going to have these world beater numbers and whatever. And, you know, he's done okay, but certainly not to the level that he, I would imagine, would expect. And certainly the fans wouldn't expect. And, uh, it just looks like he's fighting a puck and he's really just, you know, gripping a stick a little too hard and just not letting the game come to him and he's trying to do too much. And, uh, you know, so I just think some of these guys need to, you know, maybe just relax a little bit and uh, maybe that time off will help matters. But uh, there's definitely some guys that I think are putting a little bit too much pressure on themselves. Hey, Vigo, what do you think about Bukestead?
0: Do you think it is just a little too much pressure or maybe he just needs to relax, gripping that stick too tight?
2: It's it's hard to say because he is getting opportunities. I mean, he was you know five feet away from the net when he one timed it right into the pipe. You yep. know, it, he's getting chances. You know, maybe he's just you know pressing a little bit too much, but you know sometimes those bounces go your way and sometimes they don't. I think he's getting a lot of criticism for missing them. Net a ton. And, uh, you know, if you don't get your shot off quick and all of a sudden you give the goaltender time to come out to the top of the paint, there's not much to shoot at anyway. And so maybe those situations, guys need to start shooting for rebounds. And, uh, you know, maybe that'll be coaching a little bit. I imagine they'll be playing some rebound game and small ice games and trying to create goals in those situations. But if you don't get the goaltender beat with quickness, sometimes you got to just take your chances and look for the rebounds.
0: See, that's the biggest pet peeve that I have with the Gophers. And it's been that way for years is when you're shooting, at least get the puck on net, you're missing the net, you're missing chances for rebounds and you're just missing, you know, that chance of it getting through the pad somewhere or anything. And, you know, obviously Bukestad's had that problem. And one thing makes it worse with Bukestad is like on the power play, he's off to the side. If he misses the net, it's going to hit the side boards and go all the way out to the other's end, so that kills
1: us. But Hammy, they got to start hitting the net. Well, I mean, I think for me that you know one of the things with Bukes said, especially. I mean, I heard I saw somebody write on the you know on GPL about how he's a sniper, so he's trying to pick corners, blah blah blah. But it's like to me, it's like a sniper doesn't miss the net that often. You know, what I mean, and then, mm-hmm. and I really believe that when you have a shot as heavy as his shot is you're better off getting it on the goalie, even if you're, you know, because like you mentioned, you're going to get more than likely some rebounds. And I also, I mentioned this on GPL. I'd like to see him shoot low a little more often yep. because it just seems like he's constantly trying to pick upper corners. And, I mean, if I were, I, like I said on GPL, if I were a goalie, I'd be like, well, oh, I don't mind me going to bother worrying about the, you know, the bottom half of the net because he doesn't shoot there that often. You know, it's one of those things where I just feel like uh, – you know, mix it up a little bit, get your shot on net, you know, especially low because obviously goalies are going to have a hard time controlling rebounds with a shot his, you know, as heavy as his on a low shot. So if you have guys crashing the net, I mean, it's just going to create opportunities. So I just feel like, um, you know, he's trying to do too much. Maybe, uh, you know, he's – the thing that makes me think he's trying to do too much is that it seems like he's second-guessing himself. It seems like he's – like when he has the puck, he's not real quick with his decisions – It just seems like, you know, he's just not right, you know, right where he should be. And it's just frustrating. And and quite honestly on that game tying goal on, on Saturday, I kind of feel like, you know, he screwed the pooch a little bit on that one because he had been right where that puck had went through literally a second before that he was right there, except he skated to a guy behind the net, you know, and that wasn't, I mean, it wasn't necessary for him to clear the slot like that. And, you can blame Schmidt. You can blame Ryle on that one too. I'm not taking them off the hook, but um, you know, I think that Buustad. He was. It's like, why are you freelancing so much? The slot's obviously the most important place to be in that case. So I don't know. I just yes. think he's fighting. You know, fighting things a little bit, especially when it's going to be a five-on-six situation.
2: You're not going to be able to cover every guy. So you got to you know leave the guys out of the areas where they can't score from, and protect the areas where they can score from.
1: Yep.
0: Well, let's get to some more positives on the weekend. Obviously, three points is great, but uh, boy, Tom Saratori really stepped up his game recently. He's got like four or five goals now. He scored the game-winning goal Friday night, scored another goal Saturday night. The kid busts his ass out there, and he's
1: getting rewarded. Hammy, your thoughts? Well, yeah. I mean, he's just obviously, you know, you knew coming into the year that he's going to provide that you know, defense and gritty play. And, uh, you know, he was one of those guys, he really didn't have to question, you know, what how, he, what he was going to bring to the table and what role he was going to play. He just knew that, you know, he'd give it his all and he'd do a good job at it. And, you know, certainly six goals, you, you don't necessarily expect that from a guy that, you know, is generally playing fourth line minutes. And, uh, you know, so that certainly is a, is a nice sign. And uh, when you compare, I mean, think about it, he's got as many goals as Rao does, you know? I mean, that's... Uh-huh. I mean, he doesn't have the points in general, but, you know, nonetheless, you know, six goals is, pretty, is a pretty nice total for a guy that plays the role that he does. And, you know, a lot of them have been in very key situations as well. And I'm um, certainly it was very exciting for him to go back home, you know, and score, uh, you, know, s- you know, some goals. And a uh, game winner, I think, one of them. So it's definitely a good sign for him.
0: What do you think, Viggs? You think we could move him up to the, f- the first line and he'd do pretty good? Obviously, Lucia's Uh, willing to put almost anybody up there, it seems like.
2: Well, you never know. He might find himself on a shift with uh, Bukestad and Rao. But, I mean, the guy's got three game-winners already this season. And, you know, he's getting those uh, dirty, greasy goals, driving to the net and, and just finding a way to put the puck home. I think that's a good example for the rest of the guys on the team that, you know, you don't have to have that perfect snipe where you just get that corner just inside the pipe, you know, ringing in. You, know, you can you can drive to the net and just put it in there and give yourself a chance.
0: Definitely, definitely. So I really like his game recently. I, I hope he gets moved up a little bit and a little more playing time because, boy, I, ju- I just really like his effort. Um, what else on the weekend, guys? Anything that jumped out to you? Any other players that maybe played very well that you didn't expect? Hammy?
1: You know, I uh, I don't know that I, n- I necessarily saw anybody that I, you know, thought wouldn't play well, but uh, – You know, it was funny because I think that people, I I mentioned, or I saw some people mention how, you know, and like how he didn't seem to do much. But then I look at his stat line, you know, he did have, I think, a three point weekend at least or something like that. So, I mean, he had a quiet weekend, but I guess you can say it was somewhat effective in that respect. Uh, You know, it's hard to really complain about anything. You know, the first five periods of the weekend, I didn't think that was, you know, I thought we did relatively well. And then you just kind of have that one slip up and then it, there it goes downhill so I, you know all in all i thought it was a good weekend i thought that uh wilcox played pretty well in the road um, you know i know that some people were kind of ragging on him a little bit with some of those uh, goals in the third period but you know i i, I don't really necessarily agree i mean it, you have odd man rushes you have you know the six on five where a guy basically is uncovered and i mean so i, I thought he had a pretty good weekend as well Viggs, any last thoughts on the weekend
2: yeah I liked on Saturday night how the Gophers got two goals off face off plays. I think uh, those can really make the difference in a season if you can you know win a draw and have a play drawn up and have a variety of plays that you're going to use in games and create scoring chances. I think you know there could be some key games down the stretch where they need a goal off a draw, and they've shown they can do that, so that's always good to see and they've got good centermen who can win draws cleanly, which is important.
1: I really liked the puck movement on the power play. I mean, some of those, you know, some tic tac toe kind of passing. And I'm granted, you know, they were only what, I think, like one for ten or one for nine in the weekend, or one for I don't know what. I know they only had one goal, but I thought the puck movement on the power play was pretty good. They just didn't have a lot to show for it as far as goals. All right, let's move to the rest of the
0: WCHA and uh, boy, Minnesota State sweeping Anchorage. Obviously, they swept in uh, swept at. Uh, Madison a few weeks ago I think they're in a tie for third place now in the WCHA obviously I think their competition's been a little less but you know what they've been winning those games Hammy
1: yeah I mean that's the thing that you have to uh you know is it that they've been real good or has it just been the competition hasn't been that great you know I, I think it's probably a little bit of both um But like you said, you know, you kind of have to give them credit. They're beating teams that they should be beating, I guess. I mean, although I kind of expected Wisconsin to be better this year, but you know, going into the year, you'd expect that uh, Mankato would, you know, sweep Bemidji and sweep Anchorage at home. At least I would expect that. I thought that they would, you know, Mankato would be a better team this year because they had some young guys really playing big minutes last year. So I'm not entirely surprised by it, but I think that uh, you know we'll see how it goes once we get down the stretch and they start. uh, to play in some road games with some tougher teams
0: vigo do you have any thoughts on mankato's sweep of the seawolves
2: well they've got six in a row now and uh we saw that nebraska omaha had that little streak where they put together six wins and then they played the gophers and and lost so i think UNO is going to be a step up in competition form you know you got to beat the teams on your schedule who you're playing but i think we'll see you know they didn't Mankato didn't do great against St. Cloud, Minnesota, Denver. So now as they play teams like Nebraska-Omaha, and then I'm not sure who they have after that. But, you know, as they look at
0: that, those are tougher games to win. Wisconsin and Michigan Tech, pair of ties at the Kohl Center. And I don't believe Wisconsin has won a game yet at home. Vigo.
2: Well, they're just struggling to score goals. I was surprised (laughs) they got three on Saturday. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, they, they get their guys, Cordillis, and Zinger back in the lineup and they put them on the same line, you know, just trying to generate chances wherever they can. Uh, I think, you know, we're going to see Wisconsin continue to struggle to find goal scoring. It's just it's just their style of play right now, their defensemen. You know, when they played Minnesota, I, I wasn't seeing them generating too much offense. And, you know, that's hard. If you can't get any flow going up the ice, you're going to have a tough time scoring goals. And I, and I think we... Thought that Wisconsin had enough guys coming back where they'd they'd be able to get up the ice, and they just haven't been able to
1: hammy what do you think yeah, I mean the interesting thing is it just seems like they're lacking some goal scores i mean i I look at this last weekend, I think they had well they had thirty one shots one night and you know more than that the second night, and I watched a little bit of the game it's not like they're not getting shots it's just you know, i don't know that they have the goal scores necessarily and uh um, I thought that, you know, they would be better scoring this year than what they have by far. I mean, I, I'm real surprised considering they returned a lot of guys, how poorly they've scored. And so, um, you know, I saw that Eves was making excuses about rink sizes from the practice rink to Cole Center. And oh, it's no. Like, Jeez, it, come on. I, I'm just like, uh, you know, it's starting to get – you start to wonder when even the head coach is starting to make excuses like that. I, I, I don't know. But something's just not right there. And I think the effort is there, but it just seems like uh, maybe the stick skills, you know, just aren't there. It's hard to say. Well, we'll have to see. Um, it'll
0: be tough. They're, it's going to be tough for them to even bail their way out of the bottom of WCHA. So, All right, we've got Denver, North Dakota, and North Dakota picks up three points on the weekend. Boy, Beagle, Denver's kind of diving fast here. Yeah. You hear Guazzecki talk about the team and and he's
2: not super disappointed with the way they're playing. Uh, okay. you know, going in, going into the Ralph is a tough place to play and Grimaldi was hitting on all cylinders. I think he had four points the other night and you know, North Dakota's a tough team and I, I think Denver's not out of this, you know, they're still atop the, yeah. the standings right now. And you know, I think they'll be fine. I think if you can go in, uh, uh, Ralph and get two points, you're doing great. You know, they came away with one. So I don't think they are super disappointed with that result. Hammy?
1: Well, you know, the thing is, I think that what I'm seeing is that this is the Denver team that I I don't want to say I expected them to be losing, you know, playing like this stretch, but they haven't been scoring as much lately. I mean, I think, they have, I think what I count here is like 12 goals in their last six games or something like that. And, I mean, coming into the year, you kind of knew that – they were going to have good defense and they were going to have good goaltending. But the question mark was how much offense they were going to bring to the table. And I'm starting to wonder if that's what we're starting to see now is that uh, maybe some of the early returns on their offense were not quite. I mean, when I look at their schedule, um, other than St. Cloud, I mean, they haven't, you know, they didn't really have a, you know, a murderous schedule through the, for the first month. And then they had CC and they played real well, that series, a rivalry series, but ever since then it's just been downhill. And so, you kind of wonder if maybe some of those early returns were misleading in terms of the offense. Um, and you know, I'm not sure. I think I said three points for North Dakota in this series last week. So I'm, I'm not surprised by the outcome. Um, it sounded to me like, I, mean, I didn't see obviously either the games that it sounded like North Dakota had a pretty hefty advantage both nights. So maybe, uh, Denver stole on a, you know, a point out of there. So, but they're definitely gonna have to find some offense cause it hasn't been quite as uh, abundant lately. Bemidji headed to Duluth last weekend
0: and got the split. Uh, Hammy, uh, Bemidji finally got a win, but uh, it was against Duluth, and Duluth has been struggling.
1: Well, you know, I guess uh, UMD is a slump buster for Bemidji State. (laughs) I guess that's what it is, you know. Oh, boy, here we go. yeah, well, I mean, you know, a drunk hockey guy said he was going up there for Saturday's game, and they lost. <laughs> so maybe he's he's got the bad karma. I, I,
0: I think he is the bad karma, because what did he say? I don't think they've won with him watching the game live yet.
1: Yeah, it's – I don't know. He must be some brutal bad luck for those guys. <laughs> it must be like revenge for all the trash talk that he's done over the years. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought that uh, – I actually think I picked Duluth to sweep this series. I just thought that they'd outclass Bemidji State, and I thought that you know their offenses, you know, it was pretty good the week before against Tech, and I, I just figured that you know maybe they're starting to find their way, but obviously things were most, pretty ugly on Saturday. So,
0: is Duluth the big slump buster, Viggs, for the Beavers? Uh, obviously
2: uh, i think UMD's just struggling they've got so many holes to fill and they don't they don't have they're very uh a inconsistent. To put in there
0: they're very inconsistent yeah
2: well when you're young especially when you have young freshmen you know not the 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 seasoned ones uh, it's, it's going to be hard to compete and i i feel bad for sandlin i i hope he has a happy holiday coming up <laughs>
0: Well, I picked Nebraska Omaha to sweep uh the old huskies up at St. Cloud, but they did get a split, so I guess that's half right, so Vigo, what do you think you know the kind of a barn burner Friday night six to five and then Saturday night, quite a more of defensive,
2: yeah, I mean, maybe St. Cloud is starting to figure out some things um. You know, they, they've they got CC this weekend, so I think, you know, they've got a chance to maybe get another split. And, you know, it's going to be a battle for who gets home ice already. You can already start to see a divide kind of happening. And, you know, there's these spots, you know, three through seven that are going to be real tight. And, uh, you know, they're going to need to pull out points every weekend. They can't afford to give them away. So I, I think this is a big weekend coming up for them.
0: Well, you know, well, there, could, there could be a few splits this weekend and
1: a gigantic log jam at the top of the WCHA hammy. Yeah, I mean, for, for me, St. Cloud, I, to me, is a real big question mark. I mean, they've split the last five series they've been in, and some of those series, I mean, you know, they've been some good teams, but there's also been some pretty bad teams. I mean, Anchorage, for instance, and, and uh, um, you know, I – I don't know what to think of them. I mean, I, th- I think that when I look at their early schedule, they did real – you know, they played – you know, they got swept out at New Hampshire, which is a real good team this year. But then they played Huntsville and, and Mankato back when Mankato probably wasn't playing as well as they are now. And, and uh, you know, so it's a little – the early goings it looked a little better than what I think it really is. And so I, I, I've got a big question mark in my mind about St. Cloud. To me, the stretch of games that they have – over the next month because they're at home basically till middle of November – or excuse me, middle of January. And, and uh, uh, you know, they, they need to make some hay. You know, they only have – of course, only two of those four series are in the WCHA, but, and they're against CC and Denver. So uh, those are some pretty tough teams. So, you know, that's a big question mark yet for me um, with St. Cloud. I don't know what to expect from those guys.
0: Well, at least the WCHA is looking pretty interesting. You know, we've got Minnesota State up there. You've got St. Cloud State up there. Um, obviously, Minnesota State has never been up there, at least not in many years. So first half is winding down now, and it it's looking pretty exciting. I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to a good race for the final year of this WCHA.
1: No argument for me. It definitely looks uh, – I mean, especially that – Top six or seven, I mean, you kind of know, I mean, it's been sort of cliche over the last handful of years, you know, that you expect that kind of thing. But uh, it seems even more so this year. I mean, the Gophers were the heavy favorites and they haven't played, you know, to their capabilities yet. And, uh, you know, I think that that's something that certainly, you know, you can't complain about a 6-3-3 record. I mean, it's not bad, but uh, you sort of expect a little bit more based on what we had coming back.
0: Well, boys, we lost a Gopher today. Blake Thompson decided to uh, leave the team. I know they're devastated. It's going to be tough to go on without him. Uh, Hammy, your thoughts? It's just
1: a terrible day, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Well,
1: you know, I, <laughs> I, I was uh, I I was told about it last night. I was sworn to secrecy until they had a press release on, so I couldn't <gasps> say. It. Dun dun dun. But um, I, you know, I just want, I mean, you can't blame the guy. I mean, no, he was, not at all. The bottom of the depth chart and we're only losing one guy you know to graduation at least that we know all I mean you might lose somebody to pros but if, so any if you're in his shoes you know you, you really you know I don't blame him in that respect I think that uh you know I he had some moments last year where I got a little frustrated but I mean you know with some of the penalty stuff and uh but he's got good size and I'm sure that you know he'll find a, a decent landing spot I don't know if it'll be you know well of course i can't say if it would be in the wcha cuz it's going to be a different wcha but uh you know I, i'm sure that he'll find a good landing spot somewhere i don't know where you know maybe it'll be a, you know it might be a team that remains in wcha i mean I, who knows it's, but, it's, but wasn't he always kind of a
0: question mark in the first place i mean i never thought he was a good pickup i just thought he was he was not a big name he wasn't anything so
1: i guess I'm, we're not going to miss anything. Well, I think it's one of those guys well, I think they're the physical guy, you know. He's yeah, a big physical but. guy. And, and you need that, and we needed that, you know. and So I think it balances out. I mean, you kind of like to have that. But, uh, he, yeah, he's not going to bring a lot of offense. But he he, he could have played his role, you know, kind of more of a Helgeson type of role, maybe down the road. Who knows? Bigs?
2: Well, I think one of the things was a couple of years ago, we, we saw a lot of roster churn for the Gophers where they're getting caught with a lot of guys leaving early, uh, a lot of freshmen being forced into big roles. And you saw Lucia kind of go out and grab a bunch of older players. You know, he was grabbing the guys who had played, you know, three years in the USHL and Thompson was one of those guys. And I think what happened was you just run into a situation where you're not having guys leave early like you have in the past, and you start to get that roster log jam, and it's it's hard to sit, you know, those eight guys ahead of them all the time and give them a shot. You know, maybe if Riley and and, and Shay had gone out to uh, Ufa, Russia, you know, maybe he'd get a shot in the classic, but you know that might not happen. And it sounds like they wanted to redshirt him, so. If you
1: want to play, he had, he probably had to go somewhere else. Definitely, but it's a, it's a tough you know situation in the sense that you know when you're Lucia, I mean, like you mentioned, he has had guys that have left early, and you know you have the guys like Alt and you have guys like Hull, where you know two or three years ago or whatever, when they get drafted, you know they're getting drafted relatively high, and you're like, well, you know, what are you going to get out of them? And, and uh, certainly. You know, considering the recent, like, last five, six years or whatever, you sort of expect to err on one less year than maybe one more year. And it just happens to be that we've kept them a little longer now than what we kind of did a few years back. And so it does create that log jam, and he's just unfortunately a little bit of a victim of that.
0: Yeah, we and we got a lot of defensive guys coming in when we're only losing, well, technically one next year. So he knew he wasn't going to be playing. So it was a good decision for him to leave uh, it's, maybe it's too bad he didn't wasn't able to do it you know, at the beginning of the year, but that's just kind of the way it went. Um, we have a question via Twitter. Uh, Mr. Kreitzer, who loves to tweet us during the podcast, he wants to know who transitions better next year, Clues, Fashing, or camarada, ass- assuming they are all on the team, he says. Is there room for all three?
1: Oh, yeah, they'll all three be on <laughs> the team. There's no doubt about that, um, boy. Uh, well, you've talked big about clues so far. Yeah, you know, I think t- mainly because maybe he's a little older, and um, you know, he's Camarada is obviously the most as far as stick skills go. I mean, he's the guy that you know is going to probably put the most points up over his college career, and of course, fashing is one of those guys. You know, got the prototypical pro frame, and but you know, I, I'm a little leery of those incoming guys that are big and they're 18, 19 years old. And, you know, I just expect them to maybe take a little longer transition wise. I don't know why, I guess maybe it's just history with some of the bigger players of the Gophers ahead up front. But, uh, I think that clues, you know, I just have a good feeling about what he's going to be able to do, you know, be, be a little older than these other two guys. And, um, so it, it, I have mixed feelings on it. I would probably say Camarada or clues and, uh, I'd probably be split. You know, it depends on what day you catch me on, how I would think about that. So (laughs) any thoughts on that Vigo? Well,
2: I just think when you have bigger guys, you know, it depends how, how much they've worked to get their legs so that they can be explosive in the WCHA. I mean, he's a big guy, so he's really got to work on those muscles and it's a lot easier when you're closer camarada and you're a small guy and, you know, you don't have as much weight to support. And, um, you know, if Ashton can get there, you know, with the experience in Ann Arbor, you know, maybe he can make that impact right away. But it is a lot harder for a guy his size to come in and
1: play. Well, and I think the other question is, is what's the style of play going to be in the Big Ten Hockey Conference? You know, I mean, we we know what it's like in the WCHA, but, you know, you're going to have new referees. And I mean, you know, you have all this stuff going on, these changes and, um you know, the Gophers obviously play on a pretty big ocean, you know, and, you know, Wisconsin's close to Olympic size, you know, but then you have other rinks that aren't, you know. And so, it, you know, I've always had the feeling that some of these bigger, you know, like the uh, Michigans, they, they play a little bit more of a physical style. And um, you get some teams in the WCHA that play that way. But you know, it, there's that kind of question mark in your mind about, you know, what's the style of play going to be in the league and how is that going to – play into guys' strengths or weaknesses or whatever. So that'll be an interesting facet of it as well. Hammy, a question
0: from earlier today. Viking Girl 26 was asking, why haven't we seen Horn play more this year? And I noticed you kind of went into it a little bit, but uh, why don't you tell us what you think about that?
1: Well, I mean, I think that he, you know, kind of came in late as a little bit of an insurance policy. You know, that's my impression is that, you know, he didn't get a lot of scholarship at all. I mean, he wasn't, Really expected to do you know a lot, especially considering we were a pretty veteran team. Um, but I, I just think that more than anything, that right now he's sort of a little bit of an insurance policy for this season. Um, if there is additional injuries and whatever, and then uh, maybe down the road a little bit, you know, once he kind of gains some maturity, then we'll see a little bit more of an impact uh, than what we have seen.
0: So, how do you think we are? At this point, you know, it's, we're halfway point of the season. We're in second place in the WCHA, you know, three losses, really not that bad. We've been, but the expectations are really high. Vigo, what do you think? How are we doing right now? Is it looking good? Are you disappointed? Uh, is it going to be built up to the end of the season? And just what are your general thoughts in the first half so far? Well, I think, you know, the bright side to this team
2: is they've got great centermen so that they can, they can control games by winning draws, creating plays, uh, controlling play to up and down the middle of the rink. And they've done that. I, I think in all the games that they've played, it's not like they're going out and getting outplayed and getting, you know, a loss or getting outplayed and sneaking out a tie. You know, most of these games, they're in control of the play they're they're looking like the better team out there. And they definitely control their own fate in the second half. I mean, you look at the schedule, there's the six road games and the neutral site game. They've got an opportunity to to play a lot of games at Mariucci. and they play the the top two teams I think in the conference at home with North Dakota and Denver. And I think they're in great shape to, you know, compete for the McNaughton Cup and, and, and get into the the tournament.
1: Emmy, what do you think? What's your first half grade on the team you know it's ironic that you were you know said grade because i was thinking about it in terms of grades and uh offensively for me to me they've been like a c i mean to me they should be doing much better than what they have been doing i mean i don't know off the top of my head what their goals per game is but it's definitely below what i expected coming into this year now some of it's a little bit injury related but you know but nonetheless i think that they should be much more effective than what they have been, at least putting the puck in the net. You know, you might complement some of the puck movement and all that kind of stuff, but uh, ultimately you have to put pucks in the net. So to me, that's been a bit of a C. Uh, I think defensively at first I was a little bit frustrated, but I think it's definitely improved in recent weeks, you know, this last third period, notwithstanding. uh, um, I think that the defense overall has been, you know, pretty good. And I would include in that Wilcox. He's definitely, to me, been kind of an A territory as as far as a grade goes, because, uh, you know, people were wondering, that was the biggest question mark about the Gophers coming into the season was, you know, the goaltending, you know, was that going to be up to snuff? And uh, so there was a lot of questions about whether Patterson would be able to replace, and certainly I think Wilcox has done that and then some, you know, and so that's definitely been a strength, and hopefully he uh, maintains that level of play through the second half of the season.
0: Well, it's definitely a decent start. Obviously, we're a little disappointed on things here and there, but uh, you know, we got that break now. Give some time to get some rest, regroup, and uh, kick off that second part of the season. Um, another team that we don't talk about much here, but we just can't ignore it. Like, that golf for women team, uh, twenty and zero now. Haven't lost a game in I think like twenty eight games. 114 goals for, 12 goals against. Their power play is at 38%. Hammy, these girls are amazing, and uh, they might be the best team in the world on the women's
1: side right now. Yeah, I mean, there's not much you can say that hasn't already been said about. I mean, they've been, they played great. The only thing that you always get a little nervous about, and I always say this, you know, when you're looking so good you know the first half or whatever you just start to think you know especially when you get to the playoff time all it takes is one bad game and then you're like yep all that great stuff you know doesn't mean diddly squat now and so you know that's the one thing you get a little bit leery of you know whether they're gonna maybe get a little lackadaisical because of how well things have gone so far i doubt that'll happen but uh nonetheless you you know, and they were the champions last year, so I'm sure that they know that they can't rest on their laurels. That they want to, you know, succeed and do the same thing this year. But uh, that's the only thing that you get a little bit uh, concerned about. But yeah, you can't. There's nothing to complain about as far as how they've done so far. Pretty amazing run, huh, Vigo? Yeah, I mean, I'm not a huge uh,
2: follower of them game by game, but, you know, you look at some of their stats, and, and Kessel's got 54 points in 19 games. I mean, that's just amazing. I mean, that
0: and, and, and a freshman's right behind her.
1: Yeah, that's the thing that, yeah. to me, is amazing. You know, Hannah Brandt, she's a freshman, and she's got 50 points, or almost 50 points already, and uh, I mean, that's pretty sick for, you know, a veteran player, let alone a freshman um it's it's pretty impressive
0: it's kind of like them and everybody else it's it's
1: amazing
0: (laughs) it's definitely that uh boy i just i'm just looking at their stat sheet and it is pretty ridiculous right now it's just boy you know like i said shots a game they're averaging 38 shots uh it's just wow everything's impressive with them they're giving up under a goal a game and they're scoring 5.7 goals a game they're just a juggernaut um I hope they continue because that would be a great story. Um, pretty bunch of amazing girls right there. So, we'll keep, keep keep an eye on you ladies. Keep playing well. Keep playing well. Well, let's look to this weekend. Obviously, the Gophers and uh, Wisconsin will not be playing WCHA games this weekend, but the rest of them will all be playing. We'll kick it off with North Dakota heading to Michigan Tech and Hammy, North Dakota seems to do pretty well against Michigan Tech. They just—it's just one of those teams that doesn't seem to bother them too much over the past.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's you know a pretty good matchup for you know North Dakota. I think that really because uh, you know I think that Tech's generally over the years been one of those teams that tries to kind of muck it up, and uh, and you know North Dakota handles that pretty well. Um, I don't know, being that it's a road series. Um, you know that I I can pick them to sweep the series simply because it's as we've seen pretty tough to sweep on the road, um, but I would probably I'd probably be inclined to say that North Dakota will come out of that series with three points and uh, certainly they've uh, you know they're coming off a a couple you know three straight games where I mean granted they came back late against Colorado College in that win but uh, they played pretty solid hockey against Denver and so you have to think that they probably continue that this weekend. Any thoughts on that series, you?
2: Well, I'm excited to see highlights come out of it because I saw the takedown by uh, Jujar Kara on McCabe <laughs> this last weekend, and it was just a total, you know, grabbed him by the helmet and slammed him down the ice from behind. And
0: Oh, was that I that could... face mask one? Oh, and yeah. WWE. Yeah. Exactly. Oh.
2: WWE move behind the net. And, you know, when you're playing North Dakota, sometimes uh, you might be encouraged to do some of that. And I think it could get exciting. And, uh, <laughs> so I, I think it's split as well, and uh, I look forward to seeing some tape out of the, the Upper Peninsula.
0: Yeah, Hextall, he will not let his players let that happen to them. They would definitely get back and uh, cause some problems because that was a pretty Bush League play. So, CC heading to St. Cloud, Vigo. Uh, CC, they just, you know, one point against the Gophers, so they can't be too happy, but they're going on the road. Well, I think they were happy to get
2: the point after the yeah, way. They should, out. but. And uh, St. Cloud's been a little inconsistent. We've we've talked about earlier in the podcast about them getting a lot of splits. And, you know, I could see the same thing as they still kind of tread water and, and try to try to stay in the top half. But I, I don't see them getting more than two out of CC. So I think a split.
0: Hammy.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it's going to be six-straight series for St. Cloud uh getting splits. I really, you know, you know, it's certainly CC has to uh, be playing more effectively early on in the games than they did against us and uh you know, I think that St. Cloud has the capability of um, taking over games offensively. Now defensively, um, you know, you kind of start to wonder they did have a pretty weak Friday game. Now everybody has their off games, but nonetheless uh giving up six goals is pretty bad. We saw UNO has some talent, but I don't know that six goals is necessarily what you would expect them to get. So, especially on the road. So I would think that that's probably going to be a split Denver heading to Bemidji
0: state, uh, hammy. I'm thinking Denver's got to sweep this, right?
1: Well, you would expect that. I mean, they certainly have the talent advantage and pretty much advantage in every facet. Um, you know and plus those you know i always the thing about playing at either bemidji or at anchorage is that you know from what i've seen in bemidji crowds they've been pretty i mean i saw there's some article or they've been not getting a lot of support and uh it's pretty lifeless there you know what i mean so you kind of say as a road team you almost have to create your own energy in situations like that and uh Sometimes teams have a hard time doing that, and so I would expect that they would sweep that series. That's what I would call it, but uh, you just never know on those kinds of series. Vigo, Denver sweep?
2: I only think they're going to get three points. Okay. Uh, I also read that article, and it was really interesting to see, you know, Benji trying to make the the step up to big time hockey, and and the community really got behind him right away. And now it's kind of faltering, and and just I think we're going to be seeing a few articles like this in the in the years to come, as some of these smaller schools who've made the investment are could struggle without the support of the WCHA. So that's that's something to watch. Um, but I but I think. Um, Bemidji has been taking a lot of teams to overtime this season. Uh, they've had a couple splits here and there, so I I think they get a point somewhere along the way.
0: Okay, okay. Vigo, well, let's continue on and talk about Minnesota State heading to Nebraska Omaha.
2: Well, it's a big series for them. I mean, uh, Omaha it is. is yeah. Omaha's, you know, kind of been a surprise of the, the league and so has Minnesota State. So it's kind of one of those big series where you're not sure is it uh trend or mirage or or uh whatever it is there and uh I I probably see a split coming. You know, I think uh Omaha's really impressed me and in, in their in their game that they play and they're they're well coached and uh Bankato, I think it might be a little bit of a mirage. I'm I'm surprised to see them with fourteen points in the in the league, so I I think Omaha's the better team, but I think it'll be a split.
0: Well, Hammy, you know, obviously Mankato's been a surprise this year. They had 18 points all of last season, so no matter what, the program's on the rise, but uh, it's definitely a big weekend for them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think, you know, for a few reasons, I mean, there's the credibility standpoint that Vig's already kind of mentioned, and um, whether it's trend or mirage, and I I tend to agree, I think it's a little bit of a mirage. I mean, granted, you you might say that about most teams that go on a six-game winning you know game winning streak, and uh, even with the competition being relatively soft. But uh, that's certainly a big thing. And I think that people, you know, one thing you have to remember is uh, Hastings basically made his name in, in Omaha. you know. And I'm certain that this series is definitely going to be something that really means something to him. I mean, he spent all those years with the Lancers, and then he coached at UNO himself. And so I think that, you know, he's certainly going to have his troops fired up for this series, I think, and so I, I do think that's probably going to end up in a split. Even though you know UNO is, you know, on the whole probably the better team, I just think that uh, because of the circumstances, I expect Mankato to maybe sneak out of there with one win. Well,
0: if Mankato can get a split. That's that's definitely a win for them. I mean, obviously, this program has been on the bottom for quite a few years now. And if they if they do get the split, I think it's 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 a good thing for them. I mean, it's I, I want to see them succeed. So. Anything good for Jutting is good for me because I'm, I'm a big fan of his. So. Jutting? Yeah. No, no. Uh, no. Nah,
1: Hastings. <laughs> did I say Jutting? Yeah,
0: you did. I'm well, sorry. He's, like, he's on the
1: other bench. Yeah, I meant to say Hastings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's been a long week already. It's yeah, confusing. man. I forgot about I mean, that. Jutting is going to be all excited about the series, too. Yeah, but
0: Jutting, boy. I don't know if he's got enough time to sneak out and get that that's that heater during in between period and intermissions.
1: So well, he's not the head man anymore, so he could probably oh, afford it.
0: Man, you used to see I used to see him bolt out of Mariucci and Mankato arenas just so he can get that heater in before going and talking to the team. I oh. have to get your fix, man. Oh man, does he? Finally, we got Duluth heading up to Anchorage, and I think this is not a good thing for. The Bulldogs right now, Hammy. They've been struggling. Now they got to go on the road and play in a lifeless arena, thousands of miles away, and uh, I think it may be a struggle for them.
1: Well, I guess the first question is: Is uh, Drunk Hockey Guy going to make the trip up there? Because that might influence <laughs> how I pick this series. Um, no, I think that. Uh, well, yeah, it's you know, yeah, we've talked about it before. That trip up to Anchorage, you just never know what you're going to get, and uh, I. You know, normally on a talent and everything like that, I would say, well, yeah, Duluth's going to come out of this with points, but I just don't know. I I have a hard time getting a feel for this one. Um, I think I'll go with the split simply because I think that's probably what you tend to see with most um, series up in Anchorage when you have a better team coming in there, and it just seems like they they managed to uh, get the advantage one night. So I'll call that series a split. I'm thinking it's three points for the Sea Wolves. I think that uh,
0: they will not be the slump buster for the Bulldogs. What do you think, Vigs?
2: I'm with you, Jupe. I I really see three points for the the home team this weekend up at uh, Anchorage, and you know I hope that uh, UMD gets a good holiday break and and goes to Florida and has a great time and a good New Year, and then comes back and we see a little bit better team in the second half, but. They've just disappointed the first half. I, I think they really need to figure out who's going to be their their top six and, and figure it out.
0: Definitely, definitely, they've been struggling. Well, now we've got a few weeks off. The Gophers aren't playing. You know, no coaching, no nothing. You know, they'll skate on their own and things like that. But at the end of December, we'll be back at the Mariucci Classic again and uh, facing Air Force. And the number one team in the nation, Boston College Eagles, Hammy Air Force coming to town. Been a little better over the past five six years. What do you think? I mean, uh, Gophers should win that game, but uh, it probably won't be as simple as it usually is.
1: Well, that's the thing about you know this. uh, You know, in recent times, Gophers haven't been as dominant in this. uh, Event and so you know, part of it's they've lost some key guys to World Juniors, and you know, some of that kind of comes into play. But uh, you certainly think, you know, given that most we're pretty upper class laden as far as our best players, and uh, none of those guys, you know, all those guys will be here for that series. And uh, you know, our you know, I would suspect that we're only going to be missing Riley as far as uh, players from World Juniors. Um, so I think that uh, the Gophers should have relatively full complement of uh, their usual roster, so I would expect them to come out of that game with a win.
0: Vigo. Eagle or Gophers versus the... What is it? The Air Force? Uh, what are they? I think they're the Eagles. Are they? they the Eagles, too?
1: I don't know. Oh. You got me.
0: No, I don't remember. I, I'm just... They're the cadets, Falcons. aren't they? Falcons. 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 that's
1: what it. is. They're a bird.
0: Uh, damn birds. There you go. Damn birds. Well, they're airmen, but... Uh, yeah. What do you think? Uh, Tommy Sertori's dad's behind the bench over there, so he's got to be good to play against his dad.
2: Well, yeah, and they lost to Penn State, so I I don't know how <laughs> great of a team they are. I saw his rant after that game where, uh, you know, somebody maybe had had a little bit of a lower opinion of Penn State, and he's like, you know, these guys aren't pulled out of the classroom. You know, they played years in the USHL, and I recruited some of them, and they're good players over there. But, uh I I think they're going to be outclassed. I, I'm surprised that uh, we have a Gopher roster that's going to have so few guys playing in the junior tournament. That's fine um, with me, by the way. Yeah, I I love the junior tournament. I'm, oh, I, I love, love the tournament, but I'm to glad it, that and,
0: we're a little light on the roster this year.
2: Yeah, but I'm I'm a little sad we won't get to see Johnny Hockey in the the BC game. Um, so that's obviously going to be a big minus for them. So that that should be a good game to see.
0: Well, how about that BC game then there, Vigo? I mean, obviously, they are the top dog right now, and they've been the top dog for about the past eight years.
2: Yeah, Jerry York apparently knows how to uh, mold his talent, and he's, he's got a lot of good players there. And even without Johnny Hockey, I think nationwide, people are looking at BC as, as the top team to beat. And, you know, they've won in the postseason, so they are. But it's going to be on the big rink, which is a disadvantage, I think, for BC a little bit. Um I'm excited to see it. It's going to be a big kind of east versus west game for us to see where college hockey is at this point.
0: Well, I'm just hoping that the crowd shows up because typically for a Mariucci Classic game, the crowds are a little light, Hammy. So uh, what do you think? Gophers-Eagles.
1: Well, I think that, you know... It- it's going to be very interesting just simply because uh you know what kind of a mentality are the Gophers going to bring into it after you know what happened the last time they faced off now granted there's nothing they can do to fix that loss but uh you do feel like a sense of pride you want to get a little something back from that and uh I think that uh I would expect the Gophers to be pretty inspired if they do face off um against uh BC and I think that uh you know, it might be one of those games where it just ends up a tie and they go, I don't know, do they have a shootout for this one? I don't even know, but uh, it wouldn't shock me if it was one of those that uh, ended up being a tie or something that happens real late where you get a goal and, uh, you know, and, and win the game. But I think that's going to be very competitive and it'll be very interesting. And I think it's, even though it is kind of a holiday event, I think he's sort of a little bit of a a sign of where are you at where you need to be you know three four months down the road because we know that we're not where we need to be right now and it's just a matter of you know how much do we have to travel to get to that point so we'll see how it goes i think that that gophers will play pretty well and uh maybe squeak out a win now this could be the last
0: uh mariachi classic i haven't heard anything about the future of it uh last year i had heard some rumblings that this was going to be the last one you know with their new scheduling and new everything
1: this could be the end of the classic. What do you think? I thought I read that somewhere that they were going to keep having the classic as a, an event. I, I don't remember where I saw that, but I just know that it's when people were discussing the uh, the schedules and what was going to happen, you know, in the future that uh, it seemed like people always kind of brought that one up. Now, I don't know if that's factual or not, but uh, um, you know, I've never been a huge fan of the holiday tourneys and stuff like that. I mean, it just kind of, it's, and I think it's less important now simply – or in the future simply because we'll have more flexibility with our non-conference scheduling. And so, you know, whereas in the past you're like, yeah, it's kind of nice to see some different teams coming in for a few games or whatever. But uh, we're going to get that, you know, in the future a little more. So maybe it loses a little bit of that uh, zest if, even if they did keep it. Well, I also think that the marriage Classic
0: just basically sucked because of the teams they brought in in the past five to eight years – I mean we we haven't seen the Boston College type of teams or at least not very often. No, oh, it yeah. feels
2: like they've brought in like Cornell and Northeastern and Princeton and and schools more like that. So I I hope that they kind of take this opportunity to to either make this uh an exhibition weekend or or something like that because with the Wool Juniors going on, you know, you're always going to be missing a couple of guys and it'd be good to have that break. And, you know, if they do decide to do some sort of holiday tournament, maybe schedule it around the world junior tournament. So you have all the guys for the, for the games, but you know, I I know with the, the final exams on the calendar, that makes things difficult for the Minnesota kids, but it's something to think about.
0: Well, it's also kind of disease, just because there's no students. I mean, they don't, I don't even think they sell tickets for the students for the classic, do they? Well, they might sell tickets, but they're not part of the season ticket package. Kids are You're on break. Me. I think yeah, they're I on break. Know. So it's usually pretty light, and the crowd's usually pretty light, but I hope they come out for it because obviously uh, Boston College is as good as it gets, and uh, we don't see that kind of team around here too often. So hopefully the crowds get out there. And, you know, Jerry York might get hit a big win Friday night when he plays uh, Huntsville. You know, he might become the all time winningest coach in division one hockey, so uh it's a big weekend even though it not usually isn't a big weekend yeah, yeah. i mean I think th-
2: Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I think the games are preset. I think it's yes. for sure Minnesota against Air Force and for sure Minnesota against BC. So you don't have to worry about those shootout kind, kinds of things, because I know that's come up in years past. So I, I think it'll be good to see BC. You know, it's it's rare for a college hockey team, I think, to have as much senior talent as they have. I think they've got four or five seniors who – they're all you know, among their top 10 skaters, and they have a senior goalie. So I, I think it'll
0: be good to see. It. It'll be a good test for them. And it looks like it is part of the season two uh, ticket package, according to Ryan Anderson here, who's uh, posting in one of our little MixLR live broadcast here comments. So it is part of the ticket package, but they they really don't ever show up to the Classic. It's Christmas break, and a lot of times those kids are just not around. So, <laughs> in, Any other thoughts, guys?
1: No, I'm just looking forward to uh, the break, and then hopefully they come back and and uh, start hitting uh, on all cylinders once we uh, get for the second half.
0: Well, speaking of breaks, you know we're going to be taking a break here while uh, the team is off for a few weeks. Um, No sense doing more podcasts if the team isn't playing. So we'll be back sometime after the Mariucci Classic. Gonna have to look at some dates and times. We're gonna have to shuffle some things around because of uh, you know Christmas and New Year's and all that stuff and. You know, usually take this or record this on Tuesday nights. Well, well, we're playing Notre Dame on a Tuesday night coming up right after the Marriage Classic, so we'll have to shuffle things around.
2: But check you your can, local
0: listings. Check your local listings is right. You can always follow the, Vigo there um, at eVigo on Twitter, and of course he writes for Go for Puck Live, and of course Hammy at Hammy Hockey on Twitter, and. Just check the message board. He's always giving us good stuff about recruits and everything else on the Gopher Puck Live message board. You can always tweet us during the the, the live broadcast at Gopher Puck Live or send us emails at podcasts at gopherpucklive.com. And that's it for this week's uh, GPL podcast. We'll be back, you know, whenever. We're not really sure yet. So until next time, thanks for listening.